and welcome to Ahead of the Curves, a podcast from me here, Ali Cook, in New Zealand, Aotearoa, and across the ditch with my mate, Nicola Burton. Hey, hey how you doing? Very good. So today we're going to share an interview that Nicola did uh, with American celebrated artist Jeannie Fleming, who is the artistic director of the New York Halloween Parade. Now, I believe you've been a volunteer there a few times. So tell us about that. I have been in New York every year for the last decade. And I primarily went there um, as an event manager doing festivals in Australia. I wanted to understand how they were running events over there. And New York taught me that the world works on the back of a volunteer. I joined the Arts and Business Council in New York and discovered, you know, places like Carnegie Hall have one paid staff and everything else is volunteer. So it helped me to develop these new models and new ideologies in terms of making an event um, a training opportunity. And so we sort of partnered with um, Griffith University and different TAFE colleges to create all these programs that benefit a whole pile of students as well as working at the festival. And I did the Halloween parade every year. And when I sort of looked at the news and discovered that the Halloween parade was going to be cancelled this year because of COVID, kind of shocked me because it's such an important part of the New York cultural identity. You know, you've got all these things that happen all year, but you get to October, then it's Halloween, then it's Thanksgiving, and then it's Christmas, then it's New Year. And those four holidays sort of create probably half of the economics for that city. And it brings people out and it brings them together. And it's such an important aspect, I guess, of their society. So I was really shocked that they cancelled it. So Jeannie um, was very kind to talk to me. And it was so great to hear her story. So I hope that you enjoy this interview. I wanted to share it on Ahead of the Curves because she's been doing this for decades. And it's it's all intuitive, Ellie. Like it's yep. they have a plan, then they throw it out the window. And you're kind of working with the NYPD, then you've got the volunteers, then you've got the the, um, the floats, and you've got the celebrities, then you've got the New Yorkers, like there's about 200,000 of them. It's chaos. But every year they find a way to do it, and it's just so cool. And it's probably because of her energy. She was amazing. So that's yeah. why I really wanted to share this, because in the face of chaos and in the face of crisis, when you are creative and artistic and you are prepared to think outside the square, it's actually okay. And she kind of inspired me to look forward with this whole COVID crisis to sort of say the same thing. Well, you know what? Yep, we're going to cancel this. This We're not going to be able to do that. But if we can pivot, take it over here a little bit, be a bit more creative, it's actually better. So, yeah, that's why I'm I'm sharing this interview. So, Jeannie, thank you for allowing me to actually share it on on Ahead of the Curves. And everyone else, enjoy this conversation with Jeannie Fleming with the New York City Halloween Parade. I am thrilled to be speaking with American celebration artist Jeannie Fleming, who is the artistic and the producing director for the New York Halloween Parade. Jeannie, thank you for joining me today. How are you going? Oh, I'm doing very well considering the circumstances and I'm happy to be here. Well, look, considering the circumstances indeed. So one of the highlights for me when I go to New York every year is I volunteer at your parade. Now, it would have been, what, the 47th annual parade this year, but obviously 2020 has had plans that just don't work for for any of us this year. So I guess the, the biggest question with all the things you've had to do this week, what was it like making that call to cancel? 
this year? Well, uh, <laughs> it's really hard because this year was a spectacular year. It was a Saturday night. It was a full moon, a blue moon. Billy Porter was our grand marshal and it was right before the election. So it was slated to be probably the greatest parade maybe ever. <laughs> so it was very, very hard to cancel it, but there really was no choice. I mean, when you get down to it, we love our people. We love everyone in this parade and we just couldn't take the risk that anyone would get sick or, or anything would happen to them if they came out. And that was decided before, of course, the mayor's office and the governor's um, instructions are no gatherings larger than 50. So we really couldn't do it, but we decided that we wanted to make the decision on our own and let our people know that we did this because we love them. I cannot imagine a socially distanced Halloween parade. It's just, it's just impossible. I, I you know, it's put you and down. The funny thing is, of course, everyone wears masks already in the parade. Um, so we thought maybe they'd make an exception for us, but mm -hmm. not really. Because no. <laughs> I know that Thanksgiving parade is still, they're still saying that it's happening. Is that right? No, it was canceled yesterday. It was, I was going to say, how could that happen? So, wow, New York City they without parade. They felt differently than we did. They felt yeah. as if they wanted to wait for the city to, to cancel, and so mm -hmm. they did, whereas we felt we wanted to make our statement first. <laughs> See, in Australia, we don't have parades. I think we've got Anzac Day, which is very solemn. So for us Aussies coming mm -hmm. to New York, it's like oh. this colour and music, and you actually feel like you're a part of the city. So it's just this all-inclusive celebration. So, I mean, you've got so many parades that happen during the year. How's everyone feeling about next year? I think everyone is really in this wait and see mode. I, I don't think anyone has any idea what's going to happen next. Um, I wake up every morning and just sort of say, okay, what's next? Uh, it changes from day to day. Uh, I know that the theater season is thinking to get underway sometime in March or April, so we're a ways past that. We thought we were a ways past a lot of things, and we weren't. And now uh, Disney just canceled Christmas, so yes, and so there's where we are. And then we go into winter, and not a lot happens during the winter, and then I think we'll just see what happens as spring comes. But I don't think anyone knows what's happening with this virus. Um, at all and uh, we just have to respond as we go along that's what 2020 has taught us it's like we're learning to live in the yeah. moment now not sort of we're not planning ahead like we normally used to no. like a no. new thing look I want to talk about your parade because I think that it's um it's incredibly iconic for me I mean I'm, I'm an event producer in Australia and I could not believe your marshals come back year after year after year after year they're so generous and kind Look, it's total chaos, right? But they are so calm, sorting everything out. It was amazing to see. How, I mean, how do you feel about those incredible people that come back year after year? Like people like David from Arizona, just every year. It's amazing. Yes, well, I adore them. <laughs> they make it possible for me. I mean, what happens to me is I, when I always tell people when I arrive the night of the parade, I'm useless. Everybody else is in charge. I just do interviews and sort of smile and they do it. Um, they're extraordinary stage managers, a lot of them. Um, this parade is run 
very differently from any other parade in that it, it doesn't line up on streets and just sort of move out street after street. It's uh, called by a professional stage manager who says, one from here, one from there, one from there, one from here. And he does it according to the feel of the parade of what's happening at that moment, how the police are feeling, um, hearing reports of, because we send out about, well, there's usually on a Saturday night, there'll be around 80,000 people. So the street fills up 10 times during the course of the night. So we have to keep moving it out so others can come in from the end. And then we have to also be sure that there's enough music because music is what keeps the parade safe. There has to be enough music and everything has to be planned also for certain things to get on television. So it's kind of this, um, I, I don't know. I mean, we have such a feel for it. This is my 40th year doing the parade. Most of the marshals that I work with have been with me for 25 or 30 years. So, yeah. in fact, one of my oldest old-time marshals moved to Australia. Oh, which one was that? Larry Nussbaum. I don't oh, think you would have known him. I don't think I met him. No. Wow. Yeah, uh, many years ago. He must oh. be missing it because there's, it's, there's something about that parade. I think my, one of my best moments um, in 2010, I had my 19-year-old son with me and we were thrown oh, yeah. into the area where um, you've yeah. got the crowd control and the floats are sort of entering. And as you said, it's very intuitive. So I watched him become a man that night. It was this pivotal experience. He was so ex exhilarated at the end of it. So I, I'm curious <laughs> to hear about your volunteer program because it's incredible. What kind of feedback and information have you received from volunteers over the years about similar life-changing experiences at your parade? Oh, that's, that's interesting. I mean, I've heard so many stories, you know, over the years. Um, it's interesting from the volunteers, I guess. Gosh, that, that's a very interesting question. I mean, everyone keeps coming back. <laughs> so I think that's probably a testimony to them. Uh, but of course, well, that's, I mean, that's a really interesting question. Can I tell you even one particular story about a volunteer? I mean, the kinds of things that happen to people are, are so different year to year. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not thinking of a story right now um, that I can tell you, but your story is one of them. Oh, I guess one of the stories. Um, I'm sure God. there's probably a website somewhere where people have all loaded up their volunteer stories. Well, we ha yes, we have. You know, the person who would know those stories better than me is Grace Schultz, who's my volunteer coordinator. Yep. She would know all the stories. And, and of course, we're getting a lot of stories now, people telling us, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? This is the way I've spent Halloween forever. And... I don't know what we're going to do this night. And because they come in groups, they, they come in, um, you know, friends gather together and they all do a set of puppets or they all do a particular band. So for them, it's, um, they're sort of lost. They don't know what they're going to do. It's such an important part of everyone's year. I met people that were recovering from cancer, like people that had been on Wall Street. Oh, yeah. Cancer, and then they, they were like, I'm, I'm do, I've done this every year for the last five years and it's been part of my recovery. I mean, yes, who gets to hear stories true. like that? That's incredible, Jeannie. It's incredible. That is definitely true. And there's one person, Lenny Negrin, who um, he, this was the biggest event for his wife and his family for years and years, and she oh. died of cancer. Oh. And the next year, they came to celebrate her in the parade. They carried the dancing skeletons, and they have done it every year since. I think it's about four years now. Yes, what will they do? I... 
I, when I start to think about all the individuals, you know, who, um, for them, it's the most important time of the year. I, I just don't know what to say. <laughs> we expect that there'll be a lot of people come out on the street that night. Um, we yeah. expect the village will be full of people, but we personally cannot condone any gathering. So we're, our plan is we're going to give a treat to the people who come out. I can't tell you what it is because if we tell what it is, then a crowd will gather. Yes. So we can't yeah. say what it is, but there will be something that happens that keeps the spirit of Halloween in the village in a, in a big way. Uh, we're not doing anything virtual because we feel that that's not what the event is about. No. But this is something that will happen in the fresh air, it will be real, it will be meaningful, it will be big and wow. secret. Well, <laughs> I was going to ask, is the spider still going to be hanging from the clock tower? But, Absolutely. You know, not... Yes, oh. the spider is going to come out at 7 o'clock and he will be out the entire time yeah. uh, during the normal course of the parade, which is about four or five hours. The yeah. spider will be there, Basil Twist will be up in the tower operating him. <laughs> so that is something that we are saying, yes, that will happen. Um, we feel for the kids of the village that we have to do that. Um, but other things we can't talk about. And well, I'll be curious to hear about it after it happens because Halloween in New York would not be the same without that spider. It's, you know, it's like it's that iconic part of the, the whole spirit. And I, look, we don't necessarily celebrate Halloween over here, but people have started to like do trick or treating. Will America uh, still be having trick or treating even with social distancing? Okay, so that's a very good question that also leads into what I think is really happening right now here, which is no one knows enough about what's going on. Everyone is making their own rules. So some people, you go somewhere and they stay 20 feet away from you. Other people are more willing if they're in what they consider to be a safe environment, even to take off their mask and, and generally be five, six feet apart. Everyone has a different idea. We did not even think about trick-or-treating until I was on a phone call with the mayor's office when suddenly we realized it cannot be the same because people are not opening their doors. You're not allowed to have more than two people on an elevator. So how are children going to go into strange households or households opening to children? So we think probably there'll be some things that happen maybe outdoors, you know, where children can go to a park and there'll be something that happens like that, but we're not expecting that there'll be a lot of the kind of trick-or-treating that usually happens um, in buildings, for example. Who would have thought that that would ever happen? That is just crazy. That hey, this is 2020, isn't it? Anything can happen. Anything can happen. It's so <laughs> hard to know uh, what it's going to be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. Jenny, if our <laughs> I, know what we're doing. I know what we're doing is something that will... I think will make people feel very good and it will honor all the people who've come to the parade for years and years and years. And it's all about New York, New Yorkers, because we have no tourists now. That's right. So this is very much thinking of New Yorkers in mind. So that's, that's what you guys do every year. You create this spectacle for New Yorkers and, and for people all over the world that come here. So that means I wouldn't expect anything else from you guys. So I'm really curious to see that will be. But look, when the borders open, I'll be back volunteering with you guys. Very good. Kind of like work with um, those guys, those marshals who are incredible. They're so calm. 
Jeannie, thank you so much for talking to me. I really wanted to know how you guys were going and good luck with this incredible surprise that you're coming up with. And just, you know, take heart that people all over the world love what you do. We're so grateful for the parade every year and we can't wait till it comes back (laughs) in full force. Ginny Fleming, thank you for talking to me. Yes, be well.